Hello there, friends. I'm Richard Kisnan. We all knew it was coming. Adulthood. Relationships and marriage. Business. Health. Money. Bills. Fitness. If you're like me, we didn't think that life would come at us like this. I welcome you to join me for raw, authentic, and hopefully really fun conversations about coming into your own as an adult and to help you create a powerful life of your design. This is the Adulthood Revisited Podcast. Hey there, AR Nation. I've got a quick announcement I'd like to share with you. It's about an incredibly powerful, high-ticket marketing community that I'm a proud member of. It's called the Super Affiliate Accelerator. This program's absolutely for you if you want to be successful online. Whether you're a beginner looking to get started with an online business, and also if you already have an online business but struggling to reach your goals, the Super Affiliate Accelerator is run by three experienced and amazing coaches. Between the three of them, they've sold millions of dollars in products and services online across all different industries. Why I find the Super Affiliate Accelerator so powerful is because of its unique all-in-one blend of a proven training program, weekly coaching and mentoring from an amazing group of accomplished internet marketers, and a private mastermind community of like-minded and supportive business owners and professionals. For a limited time, the SAA coaches are offering a complimentary business strategy call. So whether you're a coach or consultant, if you provide professional services, or if you just want to start an online business, but you're confused or overwhelmed with where or how to start, I invite you to check out this incredible program, The Super Affiliate Accelerator. And you can learn more today by visiting richardkistman.com forward slash SAA. Again, that's richardkistman.com forward slash SAA. Now, let's get to today's amazing episode. Hello there, friends. How's it going? Welcome back to another episode of the Adulthood Revisited Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Kiston. I am so thankful and so grateful that you're here spending your time with me on the podcast. I hope you're doing well wherever you are in the world, doing whatever it is you may be doing. Uh, The struggle was real this morning. I got up, was excited to start the week, uh, at least at the time of this recording. It's Thanksgiving week, so I'm super excited to get to that point. But it's frustrating when your dog doesn't want to get up and like you're, you're on a time pitch and you got to get out, but your dog does not want to move. Uh, but you know what? It's great. We worked it out, got his walk in, and then here I am doing what is, uh, I've got to do for the day. Uh, I'm super excited to introduce our guest on this episode. Uh, met on Facebook in a Facebook community and his story is absolutely fascinating. So I'm super excited to dive into it and share his journey to get to where he is today. So I'm excited to share Mindset Coach Paul Fritchione. Paul, how are you? And welcome to the Adulthood Revisit Podcast. Hey, Richard. I'm doing well. I'm glad you got your dog up. Oh, man. It's <laughs> it's not easy when you got a 100-pound dog just not wanting to move. Uh, Paul, I, I'm super excited to to welcome you to the show and have you share your journey because and I had an opportunity to check out your website. You sent me some information. Check out some of your YouTube videos. And seeing what you've done and the, and the path you've taken to where you are today, I, I, I don't mean to be offensive, but I have zero excuse to not get done the things that I want to get done. So I, I'm, if it's all right with you, I'll yield the floor. And if you can share with the AR Nation audience a little about who you are, your background, and some of the story that makes you who you are. I'd love to do that, Richard. Thank you very much. So, uh 
I was diagnosed at birth with something called cerebral palsy. And if your uh, viewers don't know what cerebral palsy is, it happens at labor. It's lack of oxygen to the brain and it affects one side of the body. And it can be so severe that it can leave you paralyzed for the rest of your life. And apparently the doctor thought it was that severe and told my mom that I'd never be able to walk, that I need to get used to being in a wheelchair. Well, thank goodness for a great mother. She just didn't take that diagnosis and go with that. She got a second, third, fourth, fifth, finally found something that was willing to help me. And that's basically where my intense physical journey began. And I, I got my first feet when I was three years old. I really don't remember it. I was able to walk for the very first time. And uh, obviously that was great. Um, but I remember being put into soccer around five or six and at the time, I could only run about 25 to 50 yards because the pain in my foot just started to just throb, and that's all I could do. And I felt so defeated, uh, you know, watching these other kids running laps around the soccer field, and I could barely go to the lamppost and back. And I remember going to my mom at that point saying, I don't want to play soccer. This is humiliating. All these kids are, you know, teasing me that all I can do is run a few few yards. And she said, you know what, if you don't want to play soccer anymore, that's fine, but you need to honor your commitment. So we got to finish out the season. And then if you don't want to play soccer anymore, that's, that's your business. So that's what happened. I finished out the season. I've never played soccer since. Um, but I get my second break around six or seven. I got surgery on my right foot to tighten up the tendon, give me a little more spring in my step and to t basically take away the pain that I was feeling when I was running. And I switched schools around that same time and I didn't test out the running yet, but I remember my first day of PE physical education, we did our stretches and the teacher said, okay, okay, now run a lap. And I'm thinking to myself, here we go again. I'm going to run, you know, a few yards and these kids are going to start to tease me because they're going to be able to run the lap and I'm not going to be able to, but this time was different because of the surgery. The point where I normally have to stop, I was able to keep going. And I remember keeping up with the other kids, saying to myself, come on, Paul, you got this, bud. Keep going, dude. And I finished the lap with the other kids. On the outside, I kept it cool. But on the inside, I was like, yes, yes, yes. The first time in my life where I just fit in with the other, other kids. And at that point, things did get easier for me, but I wouldn't consider them easy. I switched schools again in, in junior high, and, and that's just a tough age altogether, junior high. And to be a new kid with no disability is tough, but being a new kid with a disability is tough. I still walk with a little bit of a limp. I still hold my right arm a little bit differently. So I was bullied and teased constantly at, the, at this new school. And on top of that, um, my mom wanted me to go to a Catholic high school because I was raised Catholic. So I had to take this assessment test uh, to see where I was at academically. And apparently must have bombed the thing because uh, the, the principal brings me and my mom in, you know, for a conference. And uh, the principal says, we're going to put him at the lowest level possible. And you know what? I really don't see college material out of him. Don't really expect much after that. So I had that from my the, the future principal. I'm being bullied and teased. I, you know, I, I just remember going in my room just crying, going, why me? Why do I have to be different? Why can't I just be one of the other the kids? And I don't know what came over me, but around my midway through my eighth grade, I was just sick of feeling sorry for myself, sick of feeling this victim mentality. And I thought to myself, what can I do to distract me from the, these feelings of, of uh, victimhood? And at the time, I really loved baseball. So I thought to myself, what if I tried to make my varsity baseball team? So I, 
I made that goal. And so then I played winter ball, fall ball, spring ball. And if I wasn't doing that, I was throwing a tennis ball and a swat. I'm doing that every single day. And the great thing about me starting this new goal, I didn't know this about myself, but I was putting out a different energy to, to these other kids. I was holding my shoulders back, I head forward. I, I was feeling more confidence and, and they were picking up on this new energy. And instead of bullying and teasing me, they started to root for me. So the great thing about it was my junior high to my high school was a totally different experience. I, I had a lot more friends and I had a lot more fun because uh, of this new confidence I had because of this goal. And thankfully I was able to make my varsity baseball team junior and senior graduated high school, really didn't do well in school at all. Uh, just because in the back of my mind, I always thought about what the principal said, you know, I'm not college material. Um, so I kind of just kind of mailed it in. I just did enough to keep uh, eligible to play baseball. And then I thought to myself, after I graduated, I go, why not? Why am I not college material? So I, I enrolled into a junior college, uh, put my 2.0 to a 3.5, then transferred to Cal State Fullerton and graduated. And I, I so wanted to go back to that teacher or that principal and go, see, see, I, I, I am, I did, I am college material, but I thought, no, you know, that's not the way to go. And instead I should thank her for giving me the motivation to go to school because I don't know if I would have had that same motivation if she didn't say that to me. But anyway, I graduated. I have no life experience at all. I have no idea what the heck I want to do for my, my career. Uh, I had a family friend that was in the mortgage industry, uh, you know, and he was pretty high up. So he got me a job and I liked it. You know, it was really good, good, good gig. I was really enjoying the sales aspect, dealing with people. It was really, really good. 2008, 2009 hit, economy changed. Uh, new regulations were put on us uh, where I had to say my mortgage license number every time I talked to a new client. And it got so ridiculous because they would have these secret shoppers that come in. And if I didn't say my license number, I could get fired. So instead of worrying about what the client wanted, I was thinking to myself, oh, did I say my mortgage license? Number? Did I say this? Did I say that? So I was really losing the luster of, of the whole mortgage industry altogether. And uh, about six years ago, they bring on this uh, motivational speaker to sp take to uh, talk to our sales team to kind of motivate us to do more sales. And the guy blew me away. The guy was so awesome. So I went uh, after to pick, uh, to tell him how great of a job he did. And he was so gracious. I, he allowed me to pick his brain. He told me he started as a life coach. I'm like, life coach, what the heck is that? And he explained that to me. And I'm like, you know what? That's what I want to do. I want to be a life coach. So I got my coaching certificate for a while. I was doing both the mortgages and I was doing the coaching and then I made the life of faith. And now I'm just strictly doing the coaching. And now I'm talking with you, Richard. That's, that's very impressive, Paul. Um, like that, that's a really impressive story. If we can, I want to, I want to dive into some of it. Um, Great. If we can jump, maybe jump back to your earlier. And my question to you is like, I assume, but if, did you feel some kind of, whether it's frustration, the world is unfair because of what you were born with? And I, if I can share this, I, my parents are, are immigrants to this country. I'm a first generation American. Um, and growing up for whatever reason, I was, and I admit this, I, I, I've only admitted this to probably my immediate friends and whatnot, but it was frustrating being that I felt it was like, why can't I just be the family that is on TV, have the opportunities, like things function that way. And that for me was a source of like struggle in my life for a long time. Only now as I'm older, getting older, like really appreciate the value in those, that experience in those lessons. So 
what if looking back on your youth, being diagnosed with cerebral palsy, the struggles that you saw your mom face trying to find you doctors who didn't want to give up on you, how, how did you feel then? And looking back on that, what, what lessons or values do you take from that? Yeah, to answer your question, I yeah, I, I had those exact same feelings. Why do I have to be different? Why can't I just be one of the other kids? Absolutely felt that way. Felt uh, angry. Like, why Why me? Why do I have to deal with this when this other kid doesn't have to deal with that? Um, so, yeah, all through my childhood, I felt that way. And it, it was extremely hard, hard on me, uh, emotionally more than physically, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, how it shaped me was, um, you know, when I was in the mortgage industry or, you know, when I went through high school and college and whatnot, I wanted to bury that story about me having cerebral palsy because all I wanted to do as a child, all I wanted to do was fit in. I didn't want to be different. I wanted to need special treatment. I just wanted to be one of the other kids. So that was my mantra. So when I got into high school and, and on, I'm like, no, don't, uh, I can do whatever you do. Don't give me any special treatment. I'm, I'm cool. So I wanted to bury that story. I didn't want anybody to know about that story. And then it wasn't until I started to do the coaching. And, and, and I thought to myself, how am I going to allow these other people to be vulnerable with me if I'm not going to be vulnerable with them? They need to know where I'm coming from. They need to know my story. Why are they going to buy into my coaching if they have no idea who I am as a person? So I really um, started to do some self-searching. And I've started to realize that vulnerability is not a weakness, it's a strength. And now that I embrace it, it's opened up so many more doors for me. So, so I embrace my story now as a kid as opposed to running away from it. I want to ask you about if we can just, just one question about your mother. As you were sharing your story, it reminded me a lot of the, um, the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill where it's something similar, right? His son was born with a physical defect and he refused to give up in the face of, he said, what my son will be able to hear. And it sounded like your mother had that same resolve. Like a doctor can diagnose you, but that's a diagnosis is not the end all be all. Thinking about that experience for your mother, what, what do you have to say about that kind of resolve, not just for yourself and your mother, but about like how we can be as people in the face of things that, that don't look like, or, or rather the things that we face that are obstacles, challenges that appear in our lives? Well, first off, uh, there's no words that I can describe uh, the gratitude to express to my mother. Without my mom uh, and what she did for me, I wouldn't be walking right now. This is straight up. I wouldn't be walking right now, but she did not give up on me and she never has given up on me. And one of the mantras that she's always had, you know, when I've had uh, tough days at school or what have you is, is no excuses. You got this. You know what I mean? You know, it's, it's going to be harder for you and you're going to have to learn to deal with that. And, and things that might take other people two minutes, it might take you 20 minutes, but that's okay. You'll learn a, a formula to speed that up. And just keep moving forward. It's going to get better for you. It's going to get better for you. So she was a, a positive light in my life. And, um, you know, and it's, it's, it's brought me to how I coach today. You know, uh, I do have empathy for, for my clients. But you know what? We got to own up to, you know, our, our, our weaknesses and our, and our excuses. We got we to gotta look into ourselves first. I always say, don't point the finger, point the thumb back at yourself. 
you know, in, in, in poor situations, if you didn't get the job or, or, you know, you didn't accomplish the goal, not, not point the fingers like, oh, if this person would have done that, I could have done it. No, no. What could you have done differently? So uh, I've got that uh, straight from my mom that, you know, that you got to take ownership of yourself first before anything else can go right for yourself. Yeah, I had, I had a, 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 an executive coach, performance coach on here, Brian Winston. I'll link it up in the show notes. But he, one of his remarks is that no one's going to come save you. Right? And that's the uh, same idea. Like you've got to take ownership and responsibility for your life. I want to ask you about baseball because you and I share that we both play high school baseball. And looking in my life, everything's that occurred, everything that has occurred in my life since then, I, can, I seem to always either draw memories and or inspiration from playing baseball. What, when you face, whether it's a challenge, an obstacle today, um, when you're doing mortgage work, whatever, in in that context, do you have certain memories that you pull from in your life? It could be related to baseball or playing uh, for your high school baseball team, but what are a couple of memories that you use or keep in your bank for those times where you're dealing with struggle and obstacles and challenges? I remember a coach uh, helping me along the way uh, when I was in junior high and, and helping me to become a, you know, get to become a varsity baseball player. And um, I was a pitcher and, uh, you know, I get nervous for the first inning, you know, because I'm, you got the jitters going, you know, you're, you know, you want to do well and you're starting. So, so you have this, this nervous energy and uh, this thing has, has helped me today. He says that, that, being nervous and excited is very, very similar in emotion. So when you're, when you feel like you're nervous before, when you get, before you get on the mound, tweak that to say that I'm excited to get on the mound as opposed to being nervous to being on the mound. And I've used that through my mortgage and my coaching now. So when I'm nervous about doing a presentation, going in front of people and talking or talking with new people and networking situations, and I have that nervous feeling in my belly, I, I tweak it to say, you know what, I'm excited for this opportunity. And, and that is the biggest thing I drew from, from playing baseball. That's, that's pretty awesome. I, I'm, I'm, I try to be very cognizant of those little shifts in language and speech uh, because you're right, it unlocks a whole different realm of, of potential opportunities for, for, for ourselves. Um, share a little, if you can, I want to transition now to the work you've been doing, uh, prior to becoming a coach. So you shared that you spent years in the mortgage industry. Uh, maybe how was that for you? Um, did you think at that point you still carried, cause you said, let me rephrase this. You shared that in becoming a coach and pursuing becoming a, a, a coach for people, you had to embrace your vulnerability and your story that included, uh, cerebral palsy when you're younger and those challenges. Did that appear while you were doing in the mortgage industry, a, a quote unquote regular job, you know, getting paid? How, how did that show up for you? Or, or was that something you tried to keep under the rug um, and not a part of your career? Yeah, I, I definitely kept that under the rug as far as my other career. I mean, I started in the industry. I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. So uh, I just went for it. Like, uh, I remember, you know, first getting into the mortgage industry and, and uh, you know, getting training and, and I really loved the training and it was pumping me up. And I was like, 
uh, I remember my first day that I was supposed to, you know, go out and start to, to do business. And I was get, gathering up the rate sheets uh, to start to go and, and talk with clients and, and such. And I remember that family friend coming up to me and going, Junior, he was called me Junior. Junior, what are you doing? I go, well, I'm getting the rate sheets ready because I'm going out and uh, I'm going to meet some clients. And he's like, looks at me like, dude, you know, sit back down, dude. You need more training, man. You, you, you have no idea what you're doing. You have three days of training. You think you know what's up? No, I need to get you, you know, shadowing somebody. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I got this. I got this. So I had that mentality. And oh boy, I would, you know, I was getting my butt kicked because I had no idea about mortgages at all. But I started to learn really, really quick. And it, and it was an advantage to me that I wasn't scared to go out and, you know, talk with people and ask for the business. So that helped me in the end. But yeah, for the first six months of doing it, you know, I was really getting my butt kicked. So, uh, you know, to answer your question, I, I yeah, I swept it under the carpet. I really uh, never shared that story with any of my coworkers or any of my clients with that I had cerebral palsy. Uh, like I said, I just wanted to be like everybody else. I didn't want any special treatment or any of that nature. So, so yeah, I buried it. Looking back on that experience, do, do you think that sweeping it under the rug helped you or hurt you in your performance in the mortgage industry? Uh, I think it was probably indifferent. Um, it, may, it may have helped me a little bit, you know, with, you know, building rapport with clients and such, you know. Uh, but overall, I really don't think it hindered me one way or another. But personally, it definitely hindered me. And not my business life, but personally, it definitely did. I, you know, was whole, suppressing a lot of feelings because of, of the cerebral palsy. And, and, you know, even if I mentioned it to myself, you know, and, 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 talking with my mom about it, I, I would get really emotional about talking about it, you know, cause I really didn't like to talk about it at all uh, or to doctors or, or what have you about it. I would, you know, kind of get teared up or got angry about it. And now that I've opened up about it, uh, it's really not even a non-issue with me now. I can t discuss it with anybody and, and not really have that, that emotional uh, anger or, or sadness to the story. So it's really opened me up as a, a person. So more personally than, than through my business as mortgage loan officer. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the reason I asked that, because I, similar to you, I carry like, whether it's, um, you know, medical conditions, I've had surgeries and whatnot. And part of me is like, you know, I, as, as an attorney, right. I, my day job is being an attorney. I, people expect me to have everything under control, have everything. I know it, I know it all. And as if I'm immune from, health issues, emotional issues, spiritual issues. And the fact of the matter is I'm not. And that's one of the reasons the genesis behind this podcast, like I'm, I'm human, just like the next person. Right. So I'm um, just curious about how, how that trans and you're right. It's the personal uh, impact is, is really challenging, right? Cause the work life is not really equipped and it's someone's fault. It's just not, not equipped to deal with that. Um, I want to turn to now your let's call it a pivotal moment, right? So you're, you're working this, this mortgage job, uh, things by all accounts probably going well, right? Um, but you, you, you're fortunate enough to be involved in this training. And I'm so jealous of that because man, sometimes I hear some of these trainings, I'm like, man, I wish I had access to that. But you, you come, you, you're attend this training sales workshop, um, or coaching workshop and wh whoever was giving it, uh, I don't know if you, you can share the name or not, but John Pets. Got it. Okay. 
but you're, you're, you're inspired and fired up. What exactly did you see or did you experience during that presentation that made you pivot into, into what you're doing now? You know, it's, it's weird. I can't really think of like an, a real aspect of that speech that, that really was pivotal, but it's just his, his body language and, his, and, and the way he carried himself and, and how confident he was and how he controlled the room. Everybody was fascinated on every word he was saying. And I was like, dude, that is so awesome that he's able to, to control the audience the way he was. And, and, and it wasn't doing it in a negative way. He was doing it in a positive way. And he was motivating everybody, to, you know, to want to do greater things. And, uh, and I'm like, dude, I want to develop those skills. I want to be able to do that type of work. And uh, thankfully, he was a, a very, very great man. And he was able to, you know, give me a couple, uh, you know, nuggets that, 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 that kind of started my curiosity in, in doing the coaching. And, uh, and I do want to pivot into motivational speaking right now. It's a little tough, uh, you know, with the virtual, but you know, we're, you know, we're doing some stuff to, to get ready for that. But uh, it's just, it's just the way he carried himself to, to be honest with you. So you ended up pursuing coaching certification and then striking out and creating a call to a call to action is Mm -hmm. um, your coaching brand, your coaching company. Talk to me about the decision to, to actually pursue that because I know in my experience and maybe you feel the same way in, in people you talk to and work with, there's one thing to have an idea and there's another one to execute on it. There's one thing to be inspired by something. There's another thing. It's another thing to go and actually pursue the damn thing. So you, you like left this, this presentation, you're fired up. You see this, the opportunity to help others and, and work with others to, for transformation in yourself and for yourself talk about the actual decision to say, you know what, I'm, I'm really going to do this all in. Yeah. And that's the reason why the, the, the name of my business is called a call to action because you got to take action. You know, a lot of people have dreams, a lot of people have aspirations, but they don't take that important step, right? The action part. Right. So I, I got a plan together. Uh, the first thing I was thinking about was like, you know, starting a new business. Most of the time you're not making money. Right. It's going to take you a long time before you really start to be in, in the in the black. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, I have to change my lifestyle uh, quite a bit because I made really good money as a mortgage loan officer. But, you know, I was never uh, real flashy with it. You know, so I, I saved a lot of money. So I uh, got myself a home line of credit um, for a backup. Um, you know, while I was still a mortgage loan officer, I paid off my mortgage. So I don't have a mortgage payment. I do not have a car payment. So I, I'm, I kept all my debts real, real lean. And then I have that uh, line of credit just in case, uh, I, you know, I need some capital. So I got, I got that in the, on the back end for myself. And then once I thought about that, then it was all about kind of doing the same things I did as a mortgage loan officers is, is, you know, being comfortable with being uncomfortable, asking for the business, going on podcasts, telling your story, going on networking, networking events, telling your story, uh, you know, talking with other coaches on on what they did, getting a coach for for yourself to, to get you over the, uh, over, over the hump. So you know, and it's a process and, and it's frustrating. I mean, there's, there's times where, you know, you're high on the hog. You're like, Oh man, got a new client, this and that. And then you lose two clients, right? Because you know, they're like, okay, we're good. Or they don't have the money or whatever. And then it's like, Oh crap. 
you know? So it's this, this roller coaster that, that I've been on, which, which it's been really, really cool. And, you know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, your own, your own business, you can do whatever you want. Not really, you know, <laughs> you got to make money, right? So you got to be working. You know, I, I was doing stuff, you know, on Sunday. I mean, I mean, a lot of my friends were probably, you know, watching football and I watched football later in the afternoon, but I had to do, went on some podcasts and had a client call because that was the only day that she could do the client call. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, that, that I've been on this roller coaster on and, uh, you know, it's been tough, but, uh, it's been rewarding at the same time. We're in your work as a coach so far. Um, this is probably going to be a two part question, but the first thing is if you can hone in on maybe one, in terms of people being able to execute and accomplish or achieve their goals, whatever that goal may be, transformation. Do you find that there's there are common, I don't want to call them issues, but common stops that people experience from accomplishing their, their goals? Oh, absolutely. And, and the common thread is being overwhelmed. They have this goal. And, and a lot of times it's pretty daunting type of goal. And they're like, Oh crap, that's a lot, of, a lot of work. And I don't know if I can, I can handle it. And what I tell everybody is this, I go, stop looking at the top of the mountain and just look at that next step. What is the next thing that you could do right this minute and take that step. And then you start to build that momentum because you'll feel good. Like, Oh, I just accomplished this step. What? Okay. What's the next step? Boom. Boom. Up. You're building stairs up, up, up the ladder. And, and the most important thing that, that I want to tell your, your audience is this, enjoy the journey, embrace the journey. I have so many of my friends in, in the mortgage industry in law in, in all kinds of industries where the, you know, they're on the top of the mountain, but they bodos the last 15 years of their life because all they were doing was concentrate on that goal. And they really never really enjoyed life because they were just so worried about this goal. And, and I, and I think that, you know, I don't know if that's the right way to go. I mean, yeah, have goals, have lofty goals, but enjoy the process, enjoy the steps getting there uh, and, 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 and take uh, uh, inventory of what, what's going on in your life. Because, you know, these other, these people that have made it so-called to the top of the mountain, they're like, Ah, it's not that great on the top of this mountain. You know, I, maybe I really didn't want to do this, but I really didn't think about it. I just really wanted to accomplish this goal. And now I'm here and I'm like, oh, maybe I should be doing something else. Maybe I should be coaching my, my boys baseball team instead of, you know, working uh, 80 hours a week or, you know, or spend time more with my family or my friends or enjoying life because I'm really not enjoying life because I'm just working. So I really think it's important that whatever your goal is, that you really, really enjoy the process of getting there as well. That actually reminds me, I was, I was watching one of your videos and it, it talks about using goals and, and pursuing goals, but then also the challenge of like, what if you feel burnt out by a goal? What if you feel burnt out by the process of, of trying to achieve it? And you shared that like, we should always be reevaluating our goals to make sure it aligns with passions. And then if not, it's okay to step away from that goal. So maybe you can, if you can talk a little about that, um, because I know if I've, I've experienced that in my own life, right? I wanted to build this huge successful practice. And I don't know if that is necessarily my goal or maybe my goal at the time. But now, you know, fortunately, I've taken the time and energy to think about that. And I, I don't know if that's really a passion of mine, right? So if you can share a little thought behind evaluating, you know, priorities, passions, and then how those relate to goals. 
Well, it all starts with uh, self-love. You know, you really want to be in tune with who you are as a person. And, your, uh, you know, your goals that you might have in your 20s are going to be different from when you're in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, because you, you change. You're a different type of person. You're not the same person. So your passions and your, dis, your likes and dislikes are going to change. So, and even if, even if you think, oh, hey, I want to be a lawyer, and you go through law school and you, you get your law degree and you get into it, and you're like, you know what? This is not what I really wanted to do. You've got to be able to give yourself that grace to say, you know what? If it's not what I really want to do, it's okay to pivot and do something else. Don't think about it as wasted time. No, I, I feel, you know, you talk to people that are, you know, older in their 80s, 90s, they talk about things that they regret, not what they, what they did do. So if you did do it, you're in law, you're in lawyer, you didn't want to be a lawyer anymore, that's perfectly fine. You needed to learn that, that, that that's not what you wanted to do. And now with, with the knowledge that you have, maybe it might have tweaked something in your mind to go, you know what, maybe, maybe going this route is where I really want to go. Or, you know, it, but, it, but it all starts with giving yourself grace to, to give the, yourself the okay going, you know what, maybe this is not my passion. But you got to really look at it going, is this burnout or is this not really my passion? Because if, if it's just burnout, then what I would suggest you do is, you know, take a break, go on a vacation, let your mind rest. And maybe after taking that VH rest, I go, oh, no, I really do want to be a lawyer. I was just like working myself to the bone. I just needed to arrest my mind. So before you make a, a pivotal change, maybe maybe take a vacation, maybe take a break from it for, for a moment and really evaluate. And because sometimes it, it may still be your passion, but you're just, like I said, you're working 80 hours a week and your mind's just fried, burned out. You just need a break. When when you work with clients or or start working with clients. Is there a question or series of questions that you ask to prime them, I guess, for what's coming? And I know it's hard because life coaches, coaching can be so diverse and people are coming from all over. But I guess if, if you're speaking to, let's say, an audience, if there's one question that someone, or not one question, or quest, series of questions that some, someone should ask themselves before starting to work with a coach to make sure that they get the most out of coaching. Do you think that there's a, a question that's or a series of questions that someone should be asking themselves? The only question they should really be asking themselves is what do you want? What do you want personally? What do you want through your business? What do you want spiritually? What do you truly want? And if you can't answer that question, that's okay. But you need to start to think about, you know, experiencing things that you may want to, you may like, you know, uh, you know, if it's, uh, you know, maybe you travel, maybe you go to different places to kind of drag your mind or, or if you, if you don't like your job, maybe, maybe, you know, write down things that, uh, that you like to do, you know, that, that are hobbies that you do. And then maybe you can correlate that to a job, but you gotta, you gotta start to think about what you truly want inside. And that, and that's in your personal life, in your business life, that way you, you can start to have a path on where you want to go, um, you know, kind of have a little bit of a roadmap. And like I said, if it changes, it's all good. But you might want you just want to have some sort of idea in your head of where, where you want to take your life. This may be asking you to be very, very vulnerable here, but I'm curious because I do know that I have quite a number of coaches, consultants that do listen to the podcast. What in terms of pursuing your a, the, a call to action coaching? 
what challenges or obstacles have you faced in, in the actual business part of it? I don't know if it may be lead gen, the actual like putting together a business and, and how, do, how do I start promoting this? What challenges have you faced in, in putting together a call to action? I, I think for, for me, mostly it's, it's, the, it's the lead gen, lead generation, because I, I build real good, really good rapport when, we get, when I get the, uh, the lead. Uh, just because of my background in mortgages, I'm able to build that rapport pretty quickly. And, you know, I'm pretty authentic person. And I think that comes across when I'm talking with people that I feel that they feel that I'm, I, I can be very helpful, but it's, it's getting those, getting those, uh, those leads has been, been the, the biggest challenge for me, uh, you know, finding different ways to do it because, you know, you know, like, uh, I mean, I, you get hit, you know, on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram with these people that come in, I can get you blah, 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 all day long. And it's like, you know, yeah, you know, so it's it's tough to to know what's real and what's not. So you kind of have to rely on um, networking with your other coaches to see what works with them. So I would say it's probably the lead gen is probably the one that that's the the the, the biggest challenge for me. I hear on that one, brother. I hear on that one's always <laughs> always lead gen. Um, yeah. Let me let me ask you this because again, you've got a fascinating story to get from where you are, where you were, where you started off being diagnosed with cerebral palsy to where you are today. What do you think in, in working as a coach with people is your strongest suit? Uh, two things, uh, my listening ability and, and, and the empath and my empathy for people. Uh, they know where I'm coming from. They know the struggles that I had in, in my life. So when, when I say I understand they know I understand what they're going through with that, those, those struggles. Cause I've been there and I, you know, and obviously I'm a human being and I still go through struggles as well. But I, I think those are the, the biggest things is, is when, when I'm talking with a client, I do my best to be present with that client. You know, I don't try to think about what's my next question. Uh, what, what's I'm worried about my next question. I'm focused in on what the, the client's saying. And when they're done talking, then that will trigger my next thing I, I want to bring up for them. And I think that's extremely important to be present and not to have these pre-made questions because that's not going to work. I need to really dive into what they're actually saying to me and then have a question after that of what they're actually saying as opposed to having prepaid. Cause that's, and that's boring. I mean, I, I mean, I would hate, you know, to be a coach where I'm like, I got these five or six questions that I just plug in, plug in. Plug, I mean, that just, I don't think that helps the client and it definitely doesn't help me because that's not the way I want to coach. So it's, it's definitely being that active listener. For, for someone who's out there. And I, I think coaching fortunately is becoming more and more popular amongst people like you, implementing or having a life, whether it's a career coach, life coach, performance coach. Um, what's, what would you suggest for anyone listening, thinking about engaging a coach are good questions to ask or how, how to, you know, how to feel the coach because it's, you know, I, I've had coaches in my life and, you know, some I've resonated with others that haven't. So it's just, it's, figuring that out. But what do you think are some good questions that people looking for a coach ought to be asking both of themselves and of the coach? One of, one of my favorite questions I ask when I'm interviewing for, for a coach that I want to have them coach me is, do you have a coach? 
I think that's a very important question because I, I feel like if you don't have a coach, then, I, you know, are you really authentic? I mean, like if you believe in the coaching, how come you don't have a coach? I think that, that that's important to me. I think that, that if, they, if the answer is no, that they don't have a coach, that, that bothers me. Like, why don't you have a coach? Is, do you not really believe in the coaching? Because I feel like everybody, I mean, I, I know I'm a coach, so this, you know, comes off a little commercially, but I feel like a- anybody can benefit from having a coach. It's just a matter of the, the, the right fit. And, um, you know, I, I don't really necessarily have any, uh, you know, hard questions, but the, the qualities that, that you want to look for in a coach is number one is, do you feel in your gut that they're authentic because I've had, uh, you know, coaching calls where, where I'm thinking this guy's just selling me, you know, I, I, yeah, he has no, he, he has no care about what he, what I, what he wants from me. It's just, he's trying to sell me up, sell me, sell me, sell me. And it's just like, no, I, I don't want to work with anybody like that. I, and so I like to, to work with people that I feel are authentic, that truly want to help, truly want to make you better in that way. So I'll, being authentic is, is, is number one with me uh, in, 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 in looking for a coach. But, you know, I know, I know that's tough, but I just feel like you just trust your gut on that. If you feel like the coach might be a little off, then, then trust that and, and, and try to find uh, another coach. And, and, and be tough on the coaches. Like, you know, like I, I'm very tough on, on my coach, maybe because I am a coach, but so I'm very tough on them. And, and um, you know, I, I've had coaches where it's like, uh, you know, well, what do you think? Well, what do you think? And I, I understand that in coaching, it, you know, the, the client needs to do the heavy lifting. And, I, and I'm up front with all my uh, clients up front. I tell them, I am not waving a magic wand in front of your face. And you're just going to be this magically, this different person tomorrow. That's not happening. You got to do the heavy lifting. But, but I do, uh, uh, if I feel it's necessary, I do uh, advise them. And, uh, and, and, and I tell them up front that, you know, I'm advising, I'm not a perfect person, but I'm giving you my opinion, but I want, I want my coaches to give their opinion on, on what I'm doing and, and, and being honest with me about, you know, Hey, you know, I don't think this is going to work. You know, I, I've had coaches where they're worried about hurting my feelings. I'm like, you're doing me no justice by, by, by sugarcoating it. You got to be real. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying you got to be brutally honest, but you got to be real with you, with your clients. If you want them to to get to that next level, you got to give them the tough, tough, tough truth. Sometimes you got you got to give them that tough love, um, and 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 they just you know you just got to explain it in a way that hey, I'm I'm saying this for the betterment of you. I'm not trying to upset you or any of that nature. I'm just trying to trying to make you see this thing that you're not seeing. So I, I think being authentic is is huge with coaching. Is there a part of coaching and this? let's qualify this maybe a frustration of, of the work you do and not, not the business aspect of it, but the actual coaching. Um, because I think, and this is a huge generalization. We all have bad days, bad interactions, bad, bad experiences. What challenges or frustrations have you felt in being a coach? Uh, I think the, the biggest thing with me, with, with the clients is, is that excuse piece. Um, I'm, I'm really big on, on no excuses. You know, I, I, I'm okay with people feeling sorry for themselves when, you know, if things, you know, go, don't go their way and, and take that time to, to be sad and be angry for, for whatever happened because we're, we're human beings and we're entitled to feel feelings. And I'm totally fine with that. I think that's healthy that we do do that. 
but I, I, I'm not okay with, you know, you're getting in situations where let's just say uh, somebody wants to get, wants to get promoted and it has a job interview and doesn't get the, the job interview and then starts to tell me, uh, oh, you know, they don't like me or, or, or this person's not qualified, but they probably like that person more and kind of pointing the finger a little bit. And, and I, I don't, uh, I don't go with that. I, I think that, yeah, there might be some elements of that, but there's also more to what you can do to do, to do better. So in a situation of that nature, I tell that, that boss, I go, give me that, give me feedback on what I could have done better or, or what, what do I need to work on? So if another position opens up similar to that, I'm ready for it and I can make the changes uh, because I'm always about point the thumb, not the finger. And I think that if, if you have that mindset that, you know, like what can I do to improve, then you can go much further than pointing the finger at, at somebody else for, you know, what they may or may not have done. With, with that question in mind, it's probably a good point to turn now as we start like wrapping up uh, who, who's a good for anyone listening, who's a good candidate to possibly work with you and then also, how can people reach you uh, so we can link those up in the show notes? Uh, a good candidate for somebody to work with me is somebody that is just overwhelmed, whether it be in their business, whether it be in their, their home life or both. And they're just like, ah, I just need some help. I, I, my mind's just racing and I, I want to do everything great for everything. And I, I just don't know where to start. And I, I'm just overwhelmed. And, and because I'm so overwhelmed, I'm not productive. And now those are the people that I, I work with. I'm, I'm really good with people 40 and under, uh, you know, career oriented, you know, but, but want, you know, want to have that balance with their family and don't know how to feeling guilty and when to go with the family or when to go with the business. That's pretty much my, 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 uh, I guess my strike zone that, that I really resonate with people. So, uh, those are the people, but you know, when things are going well, I'm not as useful. It's when the weeds are growing. They're like, when is my next call with Paul? I, I, I need to download and, 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 and get, get this out so that I can move it forward. And I, I think that's, you know, what I've done mostly is that mindset piece that uh, I had a real, real quick story. I had a, I had a client call me and she was just, I, I could tell by her voice that it was just, you know, she wasn't in the right frame of mind. And I'm thinking to myself, oh no, this is going to be tough. And she was telling me her story and I was taking notes of what she was saying. Cause I just really wanted to zone in on what she was talking about. And when she was done with her, with her settings, I would, I, I pointed out all the positive things that she was doing. You're doing this, right. You're doing this, right. You're doing this, right. And she wasn't looking at that. She was only looking at the negative. And after I was pointing out all the positive, she's like, you know what? You're right. I was doing that. Right. And I'm not saying by the end of the call that she was jumping for joy, but you could tell by her voice that, you know, that's, it, it was totally different from when she started. And for me, that was, that's a win. Yeah. That that's hugely impactful. I know in my own life, just small shifts in perspective um, can, can change the day and like make go take you from feeling frustration, angry, upset at the world, which I often experience to just being okay with, with what is. So I appreciate you sharing that story. Uh, if people want to connect with you, uh, what are what are some good ways that people can reach out and connect with you, Paul? 
Uh, the easiest way is through my website. It's it's called a call to action coach. I even have my cell phone on there. So if you uh, if you want to give me a call, we can set up a free consultation. I always do a free consultation to set, set set boundaries to make sure that we're fit with each other. And then when we feel like it's going to work, then we go to work. And uh, it's two conference calls uh, a month, and then you'll be able to email or text me throughout the month. You know, if you have any questions or concerns that whatsoever's going on in your life, you know. Um, I'm, you know, I want to be there in your corner and then we go from there. So that's probably the easiest way to get up in touch with me. Very cool. Paul Fortune. I, I so appreciate you. Your story is truly inspirational. I mean that, like I said, when we started this conversation and I don't mean this in any offensive way, but for you to accomplish what you've accomplished in the face of what you, you and your family were facing when you were born, um, I don't have any excuse not to accomplish the things that I want to accomplish. So I really appreciate you coming on to the Adulthood Revisited podcast, sharing your journey and sharing the work, the magnificent work um, that you're doing today with the people that you work with. Um, if I can ask you, as, as we wrap up, if you have any parting words for the audience or any message that you'd like to leave. Uh, yes. First, I want to th- thank you, Richard, for allowing me the time to come on your podcast. I'm a fan. I subscribe. I've listened to a, a few of your episodes, a lot of great nuggets. I, I recommend your podcast to a lot of other people. It's great stuff. Um, to leave your audience, I want to tell you, if you believe, you can achieve. And with that poignant, I love it, Paul Fortione, again, a call to action, .coach, link that up in the show notes. Paul Thank you so much. And with that, Aeronation, until next time, take care, be well, bye for now. Hey there, Aeronation. Before we go, I wanted to remind you of the Super Affiliate Accelerator. Whether you're looking to get started with an online business or if you're struggling to see the traction you've been hoping for in your current online business, the Super Affiliate Accelerator can help you see the success that you want in your business and in your life. The Super Affiliate Accelerator is an all-in-one, high-ticket marketing community where you'll get access to proven training, weekly coaching and mentoring from seasoned and accomplished marketers who've sold millions of dollars in products and services online, as well as access to a private mastermind community of like-minded and supportive business owners and professionals. Right now, the SAA coaches are offering a free complimentary business strategy call. So if you're ready to build a strong and profitable online business and brand, Take advantage of the complimentary business strategy call today and learn more about the Super Affiliate Accelerator by visiting richardkiston.com forward slash SAA.